Uh, this, week's, this week we're ending a series, and it's a series that, um, that we've called Restart. And, and the idea behind this series is it's never, never too late to restart. That it doesn't matter where you're at in your relationship with God. It doesn't matter if you're new to it or you've been doing this for a long time. That there are all, It's always a good time to look at where you are and to say, okay, God, this is where I am. Where would you like me to go? And a lot of times in order to get where God wants us to go, it takes us saying, okay, we're going to restart. And we've used Micah chapter 6, verse 8, which is a beautiful coffee cup verse that you'll probably see on a coffee cup or on a t-shirt somewhere. We, we've used that as our framework for this series. And, and the, the word this week that we're going to talk about is the word justice. Okay, and as, as I was thinking about the topic of justice, I, I remembered, uh, it was probably three weeks ago, I got the opportunity to go and do a Q&A, a leadership Q&A, with a bunch of high school and middle school kids before they went to a Springfield Cardinals game. Okay, so they asked me to come be part of it because they wanted some, they wanted some younger leaders and they like to have a faith leader on their panel. Okay, so I was, I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm with this panel, there's like an administrator from OCC, the GM of the Cardinals, and then like one of the coaches, and, and we're up there answering questions that could, they're ranging from, why aren't the Springfield Cardinals in the 2K baseball game? to, like, what is your most difficult decision that you've had to make as a leader? Um, but the, the question that I, I'm not going to forget was, it came from a, from a high school boy who was sitting, like, on this side of the room, okay? He raises his hand, and he says, in leadership, how do you make sure that your decisions are fair? And so... Like, I don't know why they did this, but everyone on the panel just kind of went, oh. And then the guy standing next to me said, that seems like a great question for the faith leader. And so, <clears throat> so, okay, <laughs> I'm thinking, so like, you'll hear what I said in a second, but like, I'm thinking, when they say that to me, I'm like, you have no idea what's about ready to happen here. So he, because I think that I'm just, they think I'm going to say something about kindness or whatever. And, and I, I look at the guy and I say, man, it's a great question because you have to say that when anybody asks you a question. I say, man, that is a great question. But let me let you know on a secret about life. It's not fair. I say, actually, not only is life not fair, but people are horrible. And so if you want to live your life expecting people to be fair to you, here's what you can look forward to. That's a miserable life. And I was like, people are going to let you down. So if you're going to live your life in a way where you're just looking for things to be fair, you are, you are looking forward to a miserable life. And everyone was like, oh. And then... And then the kids applauded, which I thought was super weird. And, and then I, I answered the question about, like, leadership. I didn't just do it. But, but here's the thing, okay? Life is not fair. That even in situations that we talk about something like justice, 
there are going to be things that happen to you that are not going to be just. And when that happens, here's, here's going to be your tendency is to not be just in return. That when things don't go your way, what we like to do as people is we like to let people who had nothing to do with things not going our way pay for the fact that something happened to us. Oftentimes it comes out in bitterness, and we call that bitterness. And here is the problem. Micah, as he's talking in Micah chapter 6, verse 8, he lives in the same world that we live in. The same types of things that happen to that group of people are the same type of things that happen to us. And yet we're still given the same command. Let's read it here. Micah chapter 6, verse 8. And he's told you, talking about God, he's told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? Do justice. It's talking about when things don't go your way. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. You still are called to do justice. To love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. And at the base level, we, we like the idea of justice. And, and here's the thing with that word there, though. It's an action. And it's calling on us to act justly. It doesn't matter how life treats us. This is still the action. So what I want to do is I want to very simply just look at the idea of justice this morning. And, and, and I'm going to do it really, really simply by just answering two questions. The, the first question is, what is justice? And then what does justice look like? So first off, like what, what is justice? When you think of justice, what comes to your mind? If you're anything like me, you're thinking of that store for tween girls at the mall, right? Like that's the first thing I think of justice. I think of that store. Unfortunately, that's not what Mike is talking about. And if he was, that would be a very weird thing to ask us to do because I don't know how you would do that. But, but what he's talking about, and Richard... Um, Richard Phillips, in his commentary on the book of Micah, he, he defines justice this way. He defines it as treating people rightly and giving them what is due to them. So justice, treating people the right way and giving them what is due. I like the way that the, the psalmist says it this, this way in Psalm 106. He says, blessed are those who observe justice, who do righteousness at all times. That someone who is just is someone who, who is righteous. I would define justice this way. I would say that justice is, it's doing the right things in the right way at the right time. Because sometimes you do the right things in the wrong way at the wrong time. It doesn't really work, right? But, but justice, it it has all of those elements together. And, and, and even as, as people, that justice is something that we long for. It's something that we're commanded to do. 
But it's also something at times that can be difficult to, I don't know, define. It can be difficult to make judgments as to what is just. Just thinking of even a local example, I'm sure some of you are aware of the story of Gypsy Blanchard. I don't know if you guys watched the documentary, but I watched it. Um, if, you, if you aren't familiar with it, it's a story about this young lady who was abused by her mom so that her mom could take advantage of her. It's a horrible, horrible story. And this girl, she finally gets tired of her mom abusing her, and so she forms a coup so that her mom could pay for it, and she kills her. Like, I remember, I remember sitting there watching the documentary last year, thinking, like, I really, I really want justice to happen but also not knowing what that looks like. And, and so we're commanded to do this thing. But there are going to be situations in life where maybe we don't really know what it is. And that's why it's so important, even if you go back to Micah 6.8, that it says, walk humbly with God. Because we're given this command to do this, but we're not going to be able to do it effectively without the help of God. So justice, it makes right decisions. It, makes, it does them in the right way, but also this, is, this would be true of, of just. That if you're someone who is righteous, that if you're someone who, who serves Christ, that justice is something that you want and something that you really long for, whereas if you're here and you're wicked, you hate justice, or you should hate justice. Look at this in Proverbs chapter 21. It says, when justice is done, it is a joy to the righteous, but a terror to evildoers. So, so in this command to do justice, that if you're someone who breaks the law, that if you are someone who harms other people, or you do things in secret that hurt yourself, justice is something that you should fear. But, so, so justice has this twofold component. You've got people dealing with you and you pray that they deal justly. But then there's also this part with us where we are commanded to do justice. So then the, the natural question is, okay, if this is what it is, if at times it's maybe kind of nebulous, if it's tough to grab a hold of, then what does it look like for me if I'm trying to be just? So what does justice look like? How do you flesh that out? in your life. And, and there's this interesting tension here, because the most popular verse in the whole Bible is, judge not lest ye be judged. But Micah says, do justice, and the word is talking about judging. So there's this tension that's here that says, okay, no one can do justice like God. That he is perfect, and he makes all of his decisions the right way. 
but we are called to be his image bearers in the world, which means that there are times where we will have to practice this. And, 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 and even with the idea of restarting, it's like, it kind of seems like a weird thing to talk about with restarting. But if you're seen as a person who is just, that if you're seen as a person who's just, that means that people are going to trust you. That means that people are going to want your opinion when they make decisions. And if people trust you and they seek out your advice, then you are going to be able to make a much larger difference in the world. Because, because of your justice, God will bless you in the ability to impact other people. So, but how does this look in our lives? How do, we, how do we do this? And there's all kinds of different things you could go after in the, in the Bible when you think about justice. But I really narrow it down to three things. That when, when you're doing justice, the first thing I see is that a just person is someone who, who makes honorable business decisions. Who doesn't, a just person is someone who won't take advantage of people in the marketplace. Look at this here. This is Proverbs chapter 11, verse 1. This is this. It says, a false balance is an abomination to the Lord. Isn't that, word just sounds heavy, right? That a false weight is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. So today this works this way, in ancient times it worked this way. But a lot of times the price of goods are determined by the weight of those goods. So it would be very easy to rip people off by just creating a false scale. I mean, and let's just be honest, when you're talking about like produce or things that you would buy, like a couple pounds here or there is difficult to notice. And so it would be very easy in that type of an economy to, to take advantage of people. It might not even seem like it's that big of a deal. I'm just making a few extra bucks, trying to... W- and, and the writer of Proverbs says, no, this is a huge deal. To rip people off in the marketplace is an abomination. That it's, it's such a strong word. You might think, okay, well, maybe he was just using it in this context. But, but later on in Proverbs chapter 20, he uses the same word to talk about that again. So this forces us, because I, I don't know that many of us are here selling produce, but it does force us to look at how we work and how we handle ourselves with our careers. Do we we cheat people? Are we the type of people who holds information back because it benefits us? Are we going to do whatever we can just maybe so that we can make a little bit more? And, and what this verse does is it really attacks the idea that you see some people have that says, okay, I've got my work life, and here I do what I got to do. 
And then here I've got my church life, and that is where I honor God. That to think that way is not just, and it is absolutely incongruent of what God might be asking of your life. So you have to ask yourself, am I honest in my dealings with people? And even if you think about the heart of this verse, how gracious is it of God that he would care about something like that? That he doesn't want people to get ripped off. That God's the one who defines justice. He's the one who defines right or wrong. And here you have him looking out for people who don't know any better saying, hey, if you're mine, you can't do that to other people. That this is incongruent with what I would want. So you have that as you think about justice. It makes us look at how we work. It makes us look at, are we willing to do whatever we can to get that promotion? Are we willing to beg, borrow, and steal just so that we can look good? That, that this is something that he would say, yeah, when you do that, you're not, you're not practicing justice. The second part of justice that we see, what does it look like? Is someone who is just, is someone who isn't going to be swayed by wicked people, and it's also someone who isn't going to stand or agree with things that are wicked. That a just person will say, I'm not going to be swayed, and I'm going to say what is right. Look at this here. This is, this is Proverbs chapter 24. This is partiality in judging is not good. Whoever says to the wicked, you are right, will be cursed by peoples and abhorred by nations. Strong language again. But those who rebuke the wicked will have delight, and a good blessing will come upon them. Now there's really two parts to this. That there's the first part where it just talks about partiality. And, and let's just like let's just be honest. There are people in our lives who we interact with regularly that we like a lot more than other people that we interact with regularly. Right? And, and if that is true of you, you're going to have something inside of you that's going to want to favor the people that you like over the people that you don't like as much. And what the Proverbs is saying, he's saying, that's, that's not good. And it can flesh out a lot of ways. Like maybe you're in a position of leadership and, and you have people on your team and, and maybe there's someone on your team that you like a lot, but they don't bring a lot to the table. But there's maybe someone who you don't really like a lot, but they do bring a lot to the table and you have the opportunity to bless one of those people with something. Well, the just thing to do would be to bless the one that you don't like as much who's, doing, who's bringing a lot more to the table. They, they, it also might flesh out this way with friendship groups. Maybe you've got a group of friends. And like, they're just birds of a feather flock together, but that's not the same color feather. You know what I'm talking about? But they're there. They're in the group. So there, might be, there might be this tendency to say, okay, how do we start excluding them from the group? Well, if that's what you're thinking, that's being partial. And partiality in judging is not good. 
Maybe it's in your connect. You'd be like, hey, everybody's going to Andy's afterwards. Don't tell them. Like, you don't want to do that type of thing. But we're a church for, we're a church that's really good at young families, okay? Like, if you're, you probably have kids of some kind, I would guess. The way I see this idea come out the most is it comes out with your kids. And I, I can relate. I'm talking to myself because I'm a parent and I'm a biased one. I'm not posting pictures of your kids on Facebook. I'm posting pictures of mine, okay? Like, that, just, that is what it is. But as parents we are going to have a tendency with our kids to be partial. That we're going to have a tendency with our kids that when someone comes and tells us something they did was wrong, that we're going to go, not my kid. They wouldn't do that. Then we're going to have this tendency when our teacher, when the teacher keeps coming back saying, hey, Johnny's not behaving, we're going to have a tendency to say, something's wrong with the teacher, nothing's wrong with Johnny. This adult certainly hates my four-year-old. And I would just say, really think about that statement for a second. And, and hear me, like, hear me. I'm a parent. My kids get in trouble. And I'll tell you that when they get in trouble, this would be a horrible day for them to get in trouble at church, um, but when they get in trouble, my first instinct is to reach for some type of excuse. That's my first instinct, is to come up with a reason why, no, that... And if we do that with our kids... Well, one, we're not doing them any favors. Because eventually there won't be someone there who will reach for them. But we're also doing something that the Proverbs would say isn't good. And I, and I would just lean in and ask, okay, if, if every year it's the same story from the teachers, do you really think it's the teacher, or do you think maybe it's this, the kid who the same story's been about? That partiality in judging is not good. That we need to pray and say, God, give us honest eyes so that we can be just in our dealings. Because to do less is not good. And then there's this other part here where it says, whoever says to the wicked, you were right, will be cursed by peoples and abhorred by nations. I mean, that. That's strong. And, and it's really difficult when you see something wicked, the easy thing to do is to say that it's okay. That when something, and as people, I think that we're really okay with saying things are wicked, like saying wicked things are okay when there's some sort of benefit to us for doing that. That even this way of life, like, it's, it's tough to be just. That, that it is tough when you're sitting across the table from someone and they are doing something that is harmful to themselves and you know it and you know where it's leading them. It is incredibly difficult to look at them and say, 
what you're doing is wrong. That the easy thing to do is to sit across that table and to say, you do you, man. But if we go back to what Micah is talking about, he's really crushing that idea of you do you. But instead what he's saying is he's saying that when you sit across that, from that person in the table, you don't say you do you, you say you do right. That that's what's expected in the command to do justice. And it's very, very difficult, but God would want nothing less. Then we also, as we look at justice and how this fleshes itself out in our lives, part of the beauty of justice is that someone who does justice takes care of those who can't take care of themselves. Oftentimes they do so at great cost to themselves. Let me read this to you here. These are three passages from the prophets, from the Proverbs, and from the law. So this is an idea that is incredibly important to the heart of God. Isaiah 117. Seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, plead the widow's cause. This is talking about a person who is just is going to stand against oppression, that they are going to stand up for orphans, and they are going to take care of widows. People who, who society will naturally push to the fringes that a just person will not let that happen. Proverbs 29. A righteous man. A righteous man knows the rights of the poor, and a wicked man does not understand such knowledge. Leviticus 19. You shall do no injustice in court. You shall not be partial to the poor or defer to the great, but in righteousness you shall judge your neighbor. That all of these are things that God wants. And they're great causes to get behind, but if you really want to do it, it's going to cost you something. But if you really say, like, I'm going to champion this, it's not as easy as we have made it at times. There's something, something I love about my generation, okay, is that we're very cause-focused. We are. We love causes. I mean, and just think of the viral nature of some of these things that have happened recently. You guys remember that um, ice bucket challenge? Remember that? Who remembers the cause? ALS. Okay, we, we talked about it in teaching team and someone said LSD. Like that's how far we are removed from it. That we, that, that, I mean, it was all over our social media things. There were these ice bucket challenges. Maybe some of you, probably the younger crowd is going to remember this one. Like, remember the Make Coney famous campaign? 2012, there was this guy who was a very wicked man exploiting children, and there was this campaign to make him, fa- make him famous so that he wouldn't be as effective. It was all over. But even if you look at, like, Facebook, and you look at, like, filters, you can put any type of filter for any cause that you want over your profile picture. It's very, very easy. That we live in a day where we are inundated with causes. And, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's a really, really good thing. But there's going to be two challenges that we have to face as that is true. 
that one of the challenges is that we have to be careful not to see, okay, well, there's just so much that's wrong, and I can't do anything, so I'm going to do nothing. And the other challenge that we have to face is we think of all the causes and all the things that we can do and how easy it is to do something little. That we can't let the ease with which we can do little things keep us from making sacrifices that are more significant. Because someday, someday we will all stand in front of God and he's going to say, hey, what did you do for the people who couldn't take care of themselves? How did you... How did you do these things that you knew I liked you doing? And I just pray to God that I'll be able to tell him I did more than dump ice water on my head. I I pray, and as we think about these things, really, the way we invest in these things, we do it with our time. We do it with our talent. And we do it with our resources. We find something that God places in our hearts that we want to solve. And we say, how can I give these three things to this cause? And and if you give those three things to something, not only are you being just, but you're also taking on risk. You're also paying for something that you don't have to pay for. That you're standing for those who won't stand for themselves that you're saying no to things that you might want so that you can say yes for someone else. And to do that, to do that is a picture of what it means to do justice. And as as we think about restarting, and as we go back and I think about this command to do justice, I were to guess in this room, there are people all over here who have experienced things in your life that wasn't just. Situations that didn't go the way that you'd hoped. And you're frustrated. Maybe you're a little bitter. That if that's you, you're going to have this tendency to say, well, if it didn't happen for me, Why should I do this for someone else? And as we think, and even as we think about the idea of restarting, like I would guess that there have been times and seasons in your life where you've you've restarted, but it became incredibly difficult to keep going because someone did something to you that wasn't just. And instead of responding by just doing justice, you just gave up. And so as we we land the plane on this series, I just want to read to you Micah 6.8. And I would just say, if this is something that we did, that if we made this our aim, even in the moments where the world isn't fair, even in the moments where we want justice but we don't get it, God will give us the strength should we say this is our priority. Micah 6, verse 8. He has told you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you. That in that is a commitment that says, I'm going to figure out what God wants. That I'm going to do this through reading his word. That I'm going to do this through asking for wisdom.
And then, but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. And that if you make a commitment to say, I'm going to do this, doesn't matter where you are in your relationship with God, you will be able to restart. You might be further down the road than some people. Well, if you make the commitment to do this, you're going to keep going down that road. You might be at a place where you're starting with square, square zero. If you make a commitment to say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to live this way, then you won't be at zero very long. That should you want to grow, should you want to become the person that God wants you to be, if you live this, you will walk and find that as you walk down that road. Let's pray. Thank you for watching our services. If you have questions or you would like more information, you can visit us online at nlspringfield.com. We'd also love to have you join us at one of our Sunday morning services. We have programs at 9.30 and 11 for adults, students, and kids. We hope to see you there.